Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of, take it away, Trav. Of going through a portal and finding out, wow, the humans have really big ears on this world. Yes, that's not, well, you know, big ears and... Okay, wow, we're, okay. Okay, we're, we're, we're all yeah, right. Yeah, all right, hey, I hey, see, hey, hey. I hey. see how this is going. PG-13 here, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, go. please. Um, okay, tonight, folks, we are, oh, this has been a long time in the making here. And as you heard, the professor is with us here at Command Central this evening. Good evening, professor. Oh, good, good evening, <laughs> Pixie. Uh, it has been a long day and it's not over yet. Yeah. Uh, tonight, and, and as I said, this has been a long time in the making, folks. We are continuing the Adding Fringeworthy 2 series and, of course, the Professor Pixie spin on it. Adding Fringeworthy to Jack and Daxter. Okay, I'm wondering, is there on this, on in this wiki, is there a world map? <laughs> I would take that either very much so or really. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. It's like there's like maps of the areas in the games, but no. Nobody has decided. Okay, we're gonna piece we're gonna it together put based this on together. this. I didn't even think about doing that because. Well, because you wanted a layout of the world. Because after a while, IDETs have comm satellites right. that they launch. I have been. And with enough time, that satellite will go around and get a, a you know, satellite right. mapping of that world. If I can piece together something like that, I can dope it out. If I can get enough of the maps together because there's a lot of carryover from Precursor Legacy into Jack 2. Okay. I was just wondering so, about that because there are some I worlds that are mapped out. Just, I yeah. don't think there is a fully fleshed oh, out full That would, that would world take map. somebody taking a lot of, somebody with a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, but uh... <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> that laugh, I recognize that as one of two things I'll let either Oh yes, or <laughs> yeah, right. You wish. <laughs> that was the very, that was very much the. <laughs> you I wish. know you that well, dear. Um. So yeah, okay. So we've gotten the main things that United would be looking for. They would find in the blue and the green eco and go. Oh, go get the biotech magnetic bottles. We want to take some of that back. You know. Right. Oh, it's in crystalline form. Okay, then we just gotta. You know. Right. They. They. They could find. They could find some natural green crystals, but for the blue ones, they're gonna need to talk to people in power. Okay. All right. Simply because it doesn't occur naturally, it has to be created. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, let's see what else. Um, All right. Uh, now, I get yeah. also likes to like have trade between the worlds. Ah, uh, yeah. So what what uh, would this world uh, want? that the Commonwealth could provide. Yeah, the new Commonwealth of right. all the IDET worlds. And, yeah. what, what is this world lacking that they would see and go, oh, you have that? And then uh -huh. what in return? Well, I mean, the blue and the green eco would be the thing that United would want. 
Right. But what could United give them? That is an interesting question. Yeah, because, yeah, there are these precursor artifacts, but I doubt that they are, one, understood by everybody. A lot of them are just sitting there, either just undiscovered or in very remote areas. So it would have to be something that this world produces regularly as a matter of their, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Industrial infrastructure, let's try that. That Earth Prime would not have, and, and Earth, or what they could not produce, or they have not come around to, the new Commonwealth could give them. Right. Let, well, uh, one of the things that I think that the Commonwealth could give them would be Tamellar plastic. Ooh. Because, because the um, queller could produce it in whatever shape that uh, the people want it. And they, and... It, you know, if, if it was like, re, you know, a reason for it, the queller could reproduce to the point where they could produce prodigious amounts of it. Okay, what does this do? Okay, the, well, the yeah. Do you, do you want to describe it, Trap? No, no, I'm seeing the, the, the queller here. Yeah, um, yeah, go ahead with the Tremellor plastic there. Yeah, it, it. Okay, well, Tremellor plastic, first of all, it's, uh, it, it's, once it's been cured, okay, you know, I mean, uh, it's produced. It's very tough. It's oh, great. is this it like can be anti-alloy? No, it's, it's it's it can be uh, transparent. It can be whatever, or it can be whatever color they want. All right, it's like plastic in the sense that if you make it thin enough, or if you slice it thin enough, okay, then it has the same plasticity that you'd expect. Okay, um, it's it's like way tougher than steel. Okay, and it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't actually cut. Uh, 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 what you do is, is that you have to vaporize it for it to give up its, its uh, bonds with the other things. So, for example, when you say you cut something, it means that you literally take a laser and you like blast away all the atoms, you know, between one side of the piece of plastic and another. So, yeah, it cuts. But you, you see what I'm saying? You you can't pull it until it snaps. It won't do that. It'll just okay. keep, it'll just stretch like rubber. But I mean, it's but it doesn't it doesn't stretch very easily. Oh. Okay, so it, it has all the advantages of plastic. Okay, and uh, but it's uh, but it's stronger than steel. Okay, I was so, thinking you were talking about the anti-alloy, which is uh, page thirty-eight for enjoy the D twenty. A non-conducting metallic solid that is steel hard at temperatures over twenty degrees Fahrenheit. Under 20, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought you were talking about, because it becomes under twenty degrees Fahrenheit becomes plastic and can be shaped like clay. Okay, no, this is all right. Yeah, this is literally something that things are made out of. Okay, oh, okay. and uh, so like windows would commonly, you know, into melon would commonly be made out of tamellan plastic. Because, okay, you know, the, uh, I was just about to say this sounds like a building material. Well, it, 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 it's usually a building material, but it can also be other things. You know, in my campaign, uh, in one time they made a huge dirigible out of it because they could make it very thin and um, and therefore it you know could be inflatable. And then they built a uh, a gondola underneath it that was you know really really tough. Okay, and. Um, that, you know, you could embed solar electric cells in it, uh, and uh, and therefore power it. And essentially, uh, they you know they they created a, a a lighter than air ship that they used to explore the the zombie world. That's like uh, you know uh, negative four or five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the prime. And so that that's what they did with it. They went to the, the world where there was Queller, and they asked them to make this. And so they, they, they talked to the Queller, and then finally the Queller understood what they wanted. They, they made it. 
who just just kept extruding it out of those hoses that they get attached to their arms, you know, and just made, spread it around the way they wanted it to, and uh, you know, voila! At the end of it, they were you know, because you can you can put tomato plastic on you know, like uncured tomato plastic on tomato plastic, and it'll join. Yeah. So you know, you essentially can do it in pieces and join them together, and then you end up with one seamless you know thing, which is really really going to be hard to, for anybody to do anything with that isn't what they they intended when they first created it. But I know people you know uh, make shields out of it, you know, body armor, um, you know, uh, obviously helmets, um, shoe inserts. Um, uh, you can make cars out of it. You can make, uh, of course. Uh, gas, you know, things that are very volatile, you can put them inside them because they they also don't interact. So, you know, there you can put any kind of, you know, corrosive material you want inside them and uh, a container of it, and it's not going to do so anything. So, 10 molar hydrochloric acid won't even scar it, yeah. No, it'll just sit in there inert because, you know, basically uh, they can't bond with it. Got it. Oh, yeah. a better. Yeah. Uh, oh, something like that. Could that not be used for giving the people a better way to contain and safely transport dark eco? I could think so. Yeah, yeah. It also could be used as a road um, surfacant. So, like, you could like put it down and then just you know put some pebbles or whatever into it, you know, and then cure it, and then you've got a road surface that's going to last a hundred years. Oh, you know, barring, yeah. Barring somebody like having any. You know, a huge um, tanker explosion on it. You know, or that that dark eco or whatever exploding. I mean, if you explode something inside of okay, a dark eco exploding inside of containers, I think might very well destroy the container. Yeah. But I'm just saying is that it would be hard for someone to ignite it through it. Now, the one thing that you can do is because it is transparent, you can fire a laser through it and ignite something on the inside, which also can have some benefits if you if you're creative. Right. Okay. But what I'm thinking is that there are areas where there are just pools of dark eco that have collected. Okay. Yeah, that this clean up. The thing could be used to help clean that up, contain it, get it sure. into a safe storage. Because of something else I just realized, hmm. a unique type of a, a uh, unique. Uh, crystal type. Now I'm looking here for dark eco, some of the stuff here that would be... Right. Yeah, I'm just looking this over you. Uh, so, let's... okay, there was a unique type of eco crystal that was called an eco prism. Okay. Right, that was able to take dark eco and convert it into other colors. Okay, run that by me again. Yes. A in the Lost Frontier, a special eco-crystal made an appearance which, according to Kira, acted like a prism, taking dark eco and converting it into green. So, Yeah, basically filter out the impurities that make it dark eco. Well, okay, dark eco carries a dark purple color, liquefied form, okay. Again, I need to see again how it's made, or is it just like corrupted here? Let's see. It's dark poisonous substance, opposite of light eco, because I, I, I'm trying to see how it oh. was created, or or if it's, because the combination light eco is the four colored ecos put together. Right. From what I'm seeing, dark eco just looks like it is, it's the opposite of light eco, so it, it might be corrupted, I'm thinking, is what would be the term. Because, yeah, um... 
but yeah, apparently this this thing that converts dark back to green. Well, wait a minute. Let's see. Green Eco promotes life, plant life, healing. Dark Eco uh, transform, infect, and kill. Yeah, so we can just say that Dark Eco is the opposite. Is air quotes here corrupted Green Eco. So you would have that device to revert it back to its original form. Right. Okay. And what is this this object again called? It is called an eco prism. Eco prism. It's okay. a special. It's a special type of eco crystal. Got it. Okay. All right. So that I imagine is incredibly rare. Yeah. So it's not. It's not something that would be easy to find at all. Hmm. Okay. Uh. Now. Let's see, because I'm trying to find more, if, because we've done it before on other worlds where we have, okay, the Tawaran may have left this behind, and we can just say that the Otzels, you know, this otter-weasel hybrid, they were the original Tawaran in this world, because uh, is there a thing how long ago the Otzels have been around. Uh, because the fringe paths we pretty much have determined were set out among, or the fringe portals were laid out throughout the multiverse anywhere, what was it, between 100,000 250,000 years ago. It's not really said. Okay, I just thought I was wondering about it's that. It's said that at some point, uh, let's see, at some point during the creation of Jack's planet, the precursor stopped building at what is called the Brink and fled to the co Precursor core so they could manage the planetary defense system. Okay. This is probably because they detected the approaching presence of the Dark Bakers. Oh, okay. So they went into uh, defense mode because probably they could no longer outrun them. Ah, uh, so they basically drew a line and stood and fought. Yeah, yeah. this was here. our most recent world created. They've been getting closer and catching up to us quicker each time. Yeah, draw the line. Time, we're going to fight. fight here. Yeah, okay. I'm seeing here. Okay, two mm -hmm. foot ten, 48 pounds in weight. Two foot ten, that would be... Okay, small size, creature size for OGL. Right. Yeah. And, and the whole thing of the eco channelers, making sure the people of the planet can also be prepared to fight when the Darkmakers come. Okay, yeah. Because they will. Okay, I'm just looking here to see. How do you know that? How do you know they will? The Dark Makers... Yeah, because I'm trying yeah, to... Yeah. The Dark Makers had, had battled over several other planets against the Precursors for as long as time has turned, according to Onan. Okay, let's see. The universe was scientifically, what, six billion years old, I think? Yeah, okay. something like that. Yeah, so this has been... This is this not is, a recent they know it. They know they're coming because... They always come. Okay, all right. Well, well, see, you know that's good because anything that's in the uh, uh, in in your wiki or whatever that says it always happens, whether or not Jack, uh, you know uh, that they, they they do anything, that means you know uh, that means that when the Fringeworthy come there, if they don't get involved in the plot line of the story, just the world, that's something they're still going to have to deal with. Yeah, it's something they could potentially have to deal with. Right. So, is there anything else like that that they would have to deal with, regardless of whether they're following the Jack and Dax or storyline? Well, regardless of the storyline. The metalheads are on the world. Uh, or, yeah, 
well, depend. I well, actually, depending on where you do it in the storyline, because if you're doing it well before anything happens, you could use the metalheads, depending on on what it is. Because I believe, I believe Mar did have. Yeah, Mar. Mar had to deal with the metalheads because that was the whole deal behind the creation of Haven City, the founding of Haven City, where it was, and the creation of its shield wall. Getting to that. Okay. Yeah. See, that's also important that we figure out what time in the whole storyline are you going to put where right. oh yeah you know okay we came in here oh we're at you know the daxter part of this timeline or the first jack and dagger you know right yeah. um let's see here the shield wall is controlled by the eco grid which is the eco networks that stabilize many of haven city's functional components it was it was built by mar and controlled at the power station so i imagine a lot of what powers the eco grid is derived from blue eco oh yeah that's the energy that's just that's the, the energy energy source, source. Yeah. Yeah. powering the shield wall and barriers around the city that protect people from the metalhead invasions. Yeah, and as I say, you got the little outside of that wall. Anything outside the shield wall is at high risk of being destroyed by the metalheads. Yeah, because as I said, you got these little green scorpion-like things, and then you got the metal peed, which I'm assuming is probably gargantuan or colossal size. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh, probably. Not quite kaiju size, but pretty damn big. Okay. Right. And All right. These dark makers, they have their own ships to travel in. So it will take the it takes them a while to catch up to the precursors on a given world. So are they, they are they slower than light or these Or or either that or these worlds are just that far apart. Okay. All right. So it may be faster than light, but these worlds are just maybe... far placed far apart on purpose because the precursors want to give life a chance to grow without outside interference from other right. worlds. Yeah. Okay. So let me see the dark makers. Yeah. Let, let me and bring them like, up because I want to see more on the dark makers here. Part of why I think this is a line in the sand situation is that there are three known precursors left. Yeah. Yeah. And all three of them are depicted as male. Well, yeah. Yeah. They have no one. Well, wait a minute. It okay. could be. It, it, I mean, depicted as not necessarily, okay? Right, because also, if you got PL10 technology, you at probably this point, aren't really concerned. Really don't matter. Uh, you you could, probably aren't really concerned about that anymore. Right, yeah, you could, you would be, what, what is the current term? And I don't want to use the wrong term because I don't want to offend the listeners. Uh, intersex, I believe, is the current term for having both male and female I sexual believe, characteristics. I believe that is. Yeah, so something, something similar to that. We don't mean to offend anybody. Well, We're that is, that, as far as I know, that's the current term. But yeah, producing wouldn't be a problem. I mean, would it, PL10? It would just yeah, be. But, pro- but having so it's either that that the fact there's only three of them left, they can't really. Uh, there's only three of them. They're trying to de- mount a defense against. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna take a look at the Dark Maker ship here. Just a okay. The Daystar massive bio massive biomechanic planet builder and mothership. Oh, that's why it takes so long to catch it. If it's a planet building ship, this yeah. is like a mega structure. This is something like the Doomsday device from the old Star Trek series. Right. This is. Something this is one not, of yeah. the precursors old planet builder ships that was yeah, corrupted planet, planet, along with them. Transport dark matter troops as well as transform, destroy, and rebuild planets. Yeah, no, you're this not. Is, this thing ain't built for speed. No. No. 
But there's only three of these precursors left. This is Jack's World's most recent one they've made and given life a new chance to grow without without risk of immediate destruction. And they've chosen to make their stand here. Okay, I'm looking here. Uh, it was referred to the day star by humans because it appeared as a bright purple star in the sky, which grew brighter and brighter as it approached. Oh yeah, no, no. This is this would be a... basically as soon as it enters the system. Yeah, you. It can, can see it show. From there. It shows yeah. in the sky as. So yeah, no, this that that's why it just would travel that slow, and right. because the dark makers, again, need to see what I want to see what those are. Well, if they're corrupted precursors, yeah. we can assume they're immortal, and they don't have to worry about time. Is not an issue. Not really. No. If you're immortal, you play the long game. You don't right. rush. Right. Because you don't need to. <laughs> time is your ally. Yeah. So. And, and that's the thing, is that the precursors are the same way. They've gone as far as they can out out here, and after giving the... after basically laying the groundwork so that the humans of this world will develop and evolve and be able to fight back yeah. against the metalheads and, and the dark, dark makers. makers, they've chosen to stay and fight. Yeah. And, and now, okay, did the Otzels create well if they create the worlds and yeah they, usually, so they create the humans inadvertently you and, know, and oh, yeah, they, yeah. they i imagine they create the humans and and the stuff on the world and then just kind of yeah. let it develop how, however yeah it would. okay so it we're protecting our children no, yes. Non-interference, but we're going to stay and protect our children yes because we know what's out there we know that our brethren were corrupted and are coming after us but, um, but this time, for whatever reason, they've also given their children an opportunity to fight back. Okay, I'm just wondering what the Dark Makers, because these are things that possibly, depending on the time, part of the timeline where you have the United idea come through, right. Dark Makers might be... Might be a problem. What might corrupted them? Was it Dark Eco, or was it some other essence or form, or... Uh... Yeah. Because I'm, I'm wondering about I saw Ancient Corrupted, and the first thing I'm thinking of is maybe they may have got their hands on Dark Eco, and it just warped them to hell and back. According to the Otsa leader, the Dark Makers were once precursors but exposure to Dark Echo corrupted them. Bingo! There we go. Okay, I'm They right. were essentially right. precursors, but extended exposure to the Dark Echo corrupted them. Okay, and yeah. And Dark Purple twisted Color, yep. their desire to build and create into one of destruction. Shark, okay. Uh, dark Mares are easily identifiable, but their Dark Purple Color resembling Dark Echo and Shark Jagged armor and corrupted artifacts resembling air quote terraform precursor artifact. Their units heads closer resemble oracle or precursor robot like heads with bug eyes and a proboscis extending below their eyes. Suggesting they could in fact just be artifacts or robots similar to the precursors although they have obtained organic traits possibly being a hybrid similar to the metalhead. And they have a diverse military ranging from small mine spiders to the massive terraformer. Troopers appear to comprise their main infantry with the hornets being slightly less common aerial units. Okay. Yeah. Scouts known as dark satellites which scour the planet would crash line the world and began growing and rooting itself in the world's environment. Walkers were used for larger scale attacks. Right. If this, if you take it from this viewpoint that these are corrupted versions of what precursors would use, yeah. these satellites yeah. would probably be the initial groundwork for terraforming a planet yeah. in preparation for life. And be growing, growing and ruining some of the world's environment. Yeah, that they're ter yeah the dark no. satellites. Okay, we're gonna the, the dark satellites. Let's look it up. Biomechanical drone-like dark maker artifact appearing in various locations. Project 3 first found at Spargus's beach. Right. Um, 
looking, 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 characteristics, ring of tentacles, parody mounted with some type of optical viewing device, lower body, some type of tail. Scout, scout out for plants to conquer. When the plants spawn, more satellites are deployed, acting as the first covert offense. Once a landing zone has been secured, it embeds itself in the rock begins to grow, possibly feeding off the world or eco around it. This might be to act as a command center before, possibly even after arrival of the Dark Maker ship, their purpose in such a case. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they, they are, form the beachhead. Yeah, these things are the scouts. These are built for the, these are the ones that are built for speed. Yeah, but I mean, once they get in, they start absorbing right. facets of the ecosystem and Instead the eco of, there. Instead of what you would imagine the precursor version would be spreading outward and enhancing the environment, getting it ready to support more complex life. Well, yeah, we've already determined that dark eco is just corrupted green eco. Right, so the precursor version of this would probably be more about green. That would be, well, I mean, terraforming, you could do good and bad. And of course, you know, as we found out, you know, in the Star Trek movies, you can terraform, <laughs> create, and destroy. Now we can do both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the McCoy line, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely, personally, I <laughs> I don't know. With all this, I would personally, if I really wanted to do a major big bad and make it where the metalheads would be the lesser of the two menaces. Oh. I mean, if I want to do like a big bad thing and have like a high power game where these IDET members are, you know, have to get infected with eco just to survive. I would definitely Dark Makers. The Dark Makers. If it's just, okay, we got guns and we're just going to sit there and, you know, we have our IDET weaponry of various types, maybe a Termellan artifact or two, throw them up against the metalheads. They're just basically biomechanoid robots. Right. Yeah, see, and then again, that's a matter of scale. Please refer to that old episode about scale in a game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so Dark, okay, let's, I want to, because I want to take a look at the... But yes, uh, the Dark Maker ship, the interior of the ship consists mainly of platforms and organic masses connected to tubes which appear to form a hive-like structure seemingly grown instead of built. There are purple and light green tendrils and other semi-organic structures typical of Dark Makers as well. Yeah, I'm looking purple here. Purple and light green, that's that's dark and green eco right there, the colors. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at metal heads here, I want to... Uh, uh, alien race of biomechanoid life forms comprising 30 known distinct species, metal bugs. Yeah, metal heads, yeah, that'd be metal something. Metal heads, it, it's definitely a pick your poison situation. Well, again, what, depends on what, the scale of game you want. Depends on the scale. What do you want to throw at them? Yeah, if it's just, okay, yeah, okay, we have an issue here, you know, we're checking out this world, and all of a sudden you find this biomechanical, you know, insectoid thing, and they gun it down. Yeah, okay, then you're going up against metal heads. Most games, unless you are looking to give your players a chance to, okay, I want to power up and really be like, I want to have the, the red eagle for the combat drugs and the yellow eagle to be able to just fire energy blasts from my hand. Right. Yeah, then you might want to put them up against the Dark Makers. Right. And send all those things. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that would pay, all be a pain in the butt to have to make from scratch using the bestiary rules. Just, okay, I'm already seeing that. That'd be a campaign in and of itself. I will, I will say right now, I have almost no interest in making that myself. <laughs> it would be interesting to come up with, but I am not Well, I mean, interested this whole thing is a thought experiment it, anyways. It, this it's is just, literally just a thought experiment. Yeah. If you want to do it, more power to Well, I mean, I also, would, that's if you want to run that high power... Run camp. And that would yeah. be something actually. Okay, we're gonna say this: metalheads, middle campaign; dark makers, late yeah. campaign. Because in the late campaign, you have their Termellan artifacts. 
You have heavy use of Psy, magic, superpowers, other types of mutations and all that. The Tremelin artifacts, common world tech, or commonwealth tech. Yeah, I uh. would use the Dark Makers if you were to find this world in a late campaign where you have, your characters have access to this and they're damn near superhero. Okay. So yeah, it, it, it's we. I think we've determined the scale. If it's middle campaign, throw the metalheads at them. Yeah, that's just throwing like some type of biomechanoid template on creatures and just okay. from the bestiary or you know monster manual if you're still using you know three L three five for your fringe for the D twenty. And then yeah, oh biomechanoid template adds a plus one to it normally fine. Okay. So yeah, I I I see that as the as a suitable scale for depending on which of these two big bads in this series you want to throw at your players. As I said, just the it, it the fact that it's negative 41-4, this would not be an early campaign world just because, as I said, unless you've yeah. thrown a fringe train into the mix, you know. But. Right, unless you, for some reason, have introduced a reason for them to get out that far. Right, like, yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Like somebody coming in from that distance and saying, hey, I got a problem, can you help us? You know, and then you, uh, you know, and then you say, "Well, okay," and you send an expedition out there, and then somehow you su you figure out some way of being able to do the the fringe train because uh, you can. I mean, you you know, if you if you don't make it go too fast, you could actually visually control count. How, I mean how many platforms you're going and get in the range. It's when you do the stupid thing when the second, when the second, uh, you know, you push it up to the end and the second one comes up and you start pushing that one, and that's, that's when you where start jumping yeah. hundreds and even thousands of platforms. <laughs> oh, no, because I, I read that, what was it, Portals 3, that fringe train control is in, and it's like in multiples of 13, the other one, it's like 13 multiples of 97, and I started doing the math, and by the third, by the time that that second level was cubed, oh no, you were already in the millions of nodes. Yeah, no, so, yeah. First lever only, folks, if you're gonna have the fringe train. Never touch the second yeah. lever. Yeah. I um, mean, the primary reason to use the second lever is to go to uh, is to go to Tamellar Prime. Yeah, yeah, and you're there in a matter of seconds if you use that second lever. I did the math and the math yeah. was just... Just getting home is now the hard part. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, so we've determined that if you're going to throw the two big bads in this series, that's real easy to remember. M and M. Metalhead for medium. There you go. Okay. Uh... So the Commonwealth would be basically, okay, we'll trade Eco for this cool Tremelorn plastic that's damn near indestructible, and yeah, it just, yeah. Right. So, I mean, other things might come up depending on the campaign, but generally those are the two things, the one thing that the other one needs. Right. Because that's always, they try to do trade and tech, and remember, Ida, Unita has no prime directive. They are looking to right. change the worlds that they're on. Yep. Right, but remember, you cannot uh, you cannot take the dweller off the worlds you find them. They die if you take yeah, them on. Yeah, so you'd have to you would have to arrange transport of this Tremelin plastic from the Quellor, wherever they are to that world. And you'd have to just right. say, yeah, back through the portal, there's a world that we have that it's a production facility for. We, we'd have it shipped to you every, you know, couple months and just, you know, give us orders and, yeah, you know, They'd work out something. Yeah, give us give give us your um, your specifications, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, what else? Trying to think. Would as far as having Unita interact with this world, what else would there 
be involved why you would be here and just yeah if the um, uh, if any of the Denzians of this world were found to be fringe worthy um, a would I de- want them to come onto the fringe paths and b would they want to come onto the fringe paths and become explorers well the rift gate is time travel right but not often used yeah but but still time travel and the precursor portal that's through space dimension travel might be in it even to the to, to the ossals the precursor ossals they'd be like ooh, other planes of reality okay we've been through time when we can transport across the planet but other parallel and alternate versions of this world ooh. um so that would be something because i haven't seen anything here about other planes of existence, and you just no. mentioned other worlds, which is just like other worlds, other in, worlds their, in the universe. Their node, yeah. So the concept of dimensional travel might entice certain people. It might. The fact that, wait a minute, there's another world that doesn't have. First of all, they'd be like, wait a minute, there's another world that doesn't have dark makers the, and, the, that doesn't and, have and the metalheads. Most, their most people with actually, gun. most people would act, not actually know about the dark makers. Okay, yeah, that'd be something that's, that's something. Okay, metalheads still. They would <laughs> know more about the metalheads having, yeah, been involved in fighting them. Right, but still, it'd be like it's it's a world that that has no metalheads. Finger gun, you sob, I'm in. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so that would be so. Yeah, just for scientific exploration, a totally new frontier for them. Exactly. That would be one thing. Um, and also, here's... Also, here's the thing. Okay, yeah. Here's the thing. Could this be where the precursors went? To Think about the people studying the mysteries of the precursors. Where they? Where did they go? They could have went through the fringe portals because the Termella could have... Yeah, come with us. We'll show you some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or, okay, you're... you're, you're you you will leave the you can leave these three the leader the serpent what is it, the leader the leader the Otzel leader Otzel dummy and Otzel surfer okay these three can be behind and maintain the the war front here the rest of you can come with us and we'll give you all cool stuff to check out and what else is out there yeah right they may have branched it into other worlds like say there's there's these small groups of precursors that that build and create worlds that just branch out so that their civilization survives and lives on. Oh, no, that's the thing, is that... Even after being repeatedly attacked by the Dark Makers and the Metalheads. Well, that's the thing. The, these precursor Otzels would be looking at the Termellon, and Termellon would be looking at the precursor Otzels and realize, you know, as Bruce would say, chocolate and peanut butter. They would find out that they would have a lot in common just with yeah. how high their tech level is. It's just... The right. Tremellern to all do biotech, and it's all nanotech with the precursor Otzels. Right. And they'd be trading notes so, big time, and it would be like a big tech conference for them. Yeah. They're not so different. Yeah. You know, just, it, it's, it's thing, as far as biotech goes, the Tremellern would be someone that the Otzels could look up to, because they'd have no choice. They're four feet shorter than them. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Well, here's the thing also. I would think that with... Because there's a lot of biomechanical stuff in this world. Right. And this is something else that Bruce mentioned about 
bringing people from this world onto the fringe paths. If you have nanites in you and they are hard tech nanites, they would shut down. They would be just, well, after a while, they'd be considered waste products and they'd be, you know, through normal <clears throat> bodily elimination. We'll put it that way. Right. But if they're biomechanical, which is equally they would, as, they would still, which is equally as likely because. I would think PL10, pretty much any picotech would be biomechanical, would be straight hard tech right. anymore. It wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be that anymore. Yeah. So those who are have eco in them for e whatever reason. Eco channelers. You know, the eco channelers, if they had that unique quantum signature, they could go through the fringe portal. I'm sure that the eco in them would go, oh, wait a minute, that was weird. That was right. a dimensional rift that they we might, just went through. They, yeah. They might feel a bit weird, but they would retain the ability to channel it if they right. came into because contact it, with it, it elsewhere. Yeah, the, the nanites wouldn't go, no, and just, no. you know, turn into basically waste products after a while. Right. So, yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. They'd be able to do that, just, you know. Yeah, I would think the main reason why people would want to go through the fringe paths from this world would be would be due to just exploration of a totally new paradigm, dimensional travel, because they don't have access to that here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you did mention the fact that they could be seeing it, the fringe paths as a place to flee those really big bads. Oh, yeah. So yeah. There, there is that. Okay. You know, and it depends upon, you know, whether they, in your campaign, you've, you've made it possible for everybody to be fringe worthy, you know, or, you know, it, it's also possible that they could create, you could help them create some kind of habitat off world that they could live in. Uh, of course, those things that do the time travel, I mean, one of the best best ways of getting rid of people uh, getting away from people that are going to destroy your future is by s escaping sufficiently far into your past which was a star trek episode yeah 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 was that the one marriott hartley right yes it is okay that one yeah where spock started so what, it's the one where spock falls in love but not because of a plant <laughs> right it's be yeah but he starts reverting back to how his race was 5,000 years ago and almost snaps McCoy's neck. Yeah, that one. Um, that one. Okay, yeah. so, but that's the thing. See, especially like an eco-sage, if they were to get involved with, because eco-sages, they have a heightened intelligence and comprehension of higher tech level. Right. And here is this, depending if it's a portal or a warp, and it's not mentioned, so you could put either. It is not mentioned right. that you come out of the portal station and you no, see it, this. So it, it could, could be either, either one. If it is a warp that you guys, if your IDET people kick in, then it would be, oh no, I know exactly how a fringe warp would be manifested. Yeah. See, Maybe. I always assume that unless you're going to a world that's like a Tamelan world world or a, uh, an amusement world it's, or a Tamelan home world, it's going to be a warp. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but let's see. Okay, uh, that would be three neutron stars in a black hole power the warps of a particular fringe platform, I believe is what has been canon. Uh, I believe it's three black holes and, and a, a neutron dwarf star. star. Okay, yeah. okay. Or a dwarf star, yeah. I, um, so, had that uh, up, Blue Eco Sage would pick up on that yeah. energy signature real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, when they, they say black hole, else. by the way, oh, certainly. they, okay, well, they mean what I said. When they say black hole, they usually mean the, the minimum size is traditionally considered necessary to create one. Because, as we know, there's there's a black hole in the center of our galaxy that's like thousands and thousands of suns worth. Yes, yes. So we're not talking about that. Right. Cue the Muse song. Yes. Um, right. But yeah, a blue eco sage, if he were in proximity, he would at least sense the energy signature of that warp coming online. Th Ping. There's, there's something here that's pinging off an energy signature. Yeah, and that, that because, as I said, blue 
is the energy eco. Yeah, oh no, that that would be like, you know, how Eric the Enabler would say, oh, little town of Bethlehem, because it would be that bright right. in their sensorium. And even they'd be able to pick it up even from far away. That much right. energy in that contact of a point, that, the, the 12 and a half, 13 foot yeah, high that, portal. Yeah, that much energy kicking on. Yeah. They're going to pick it up. And from miles away, and it would be that warmer, colder feeling, and then you get closer and get stronger, and they'd realize... This is a dimensional portal. This, this, just, this is this, not. This is not a teleporter. This this does not even resemble the the. Rift it's not gate. a time. It's not time gate energy. It's not a teleporter. Teleportal this energy. This is something else. Stronger because you're not going through time. You're not going through sprites. You are breaching a dimensional barrier. Right. They they yeah. likely would not have a term for it. Yeah, because it'd be a totally new. Um, well, it'd be um, the magnitude would be higher, so they would have to right. deduce after a while. Okay, putting out that much energy. Right. Yeah. So yeah, blue eco sages would most likely be picking up. They wouldn't be even if they weren't fringe worthy. They still would detect that there's a portal there. There's something here. Yeah. Because if it's and, a warp, that means the portal station is buried possibly miles and, underground. And I imagine it would probably pick up to them as if they were familiar with the with it something that would similar to the rift gate but a lot stronger yeah oh yeah 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 it, the breaching through time and breaching through dimensions either way it's going to be incredible energy right. needed for it so yeah they would be you know and if they could it's detect like, and they'd probably have the sensors go okay no I'm not sensing temporal energy but oh yep we don't have a we don't have a measurement for this yeah yeah so, so yeah Blue, it would Blue be Sage would probably send a team out would probably get a team to be sent out there to investigate the energy source yeah and as i said if they've got pl7 if the society itself has pl7 oh yeah that's yeah energy signature yeah that's common use now if they have the precursor tech pl10 oh no they would be if, if you had a, a precursor otzel there and you'd have all those little gadget oh no it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's dimensional energy. Oh, that's new. That can be done? Well, no, we just never got into it. That was... Well, because remember, the Tremeller, the whole point of them having found, the, you know, the, the ability to later make the fringe paths, they were trying to explore their own galaxy, and then they did the dimensional jump. They thought it was hyperspace, and it's like, no, we went to another dimension where that signal was never sent. Holy crap, there's a multiverse out there. Yeah. And so the most they ever did was 40 light years from T-Prime. Right. Because they, that's their Star Hub platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they know about the rest of their universe, it's just that's because they developed the tech to scan that far. But right. they never really explored it they, because they need to. They had a, they had a whole multiverse, multiverse to play with. Right, yeah. So, okay. Um, so the thought of exploration, possible sanctuary from the metalheads. Yeah, that would probably be another reason. And, and just for curiosity. Certain, just, for certain people, curiosity, could this mysterious portal be <coughs> where the precursors <coughs> vanished to? And that would be, that would, and you said that that, uh, that city would be in best place to put it would be in the wasteland? Yes. So the closest inhabited city would be Spargus. Okay, alright. Which, despite being exiles from Haven and whatnot, they have their own laws and hierarchy. Again, like our Australia. Yeah, it would just be they came up with their own, you know, government yeah. and system, and since it was 
a British property. Okay, you're part of the Commonwealth. Okay, yeah, you've made up your own society, and yeah, right. Okay. Uh, anything else that we need to cover on this? I mean, just I'm wondering, is there any other anything we might have missed as far as making this a viable world to have for your players to explore? Would there be anything else, Bruce, that would come to mind here? Uh, what is the uh, form of currency used on this world? Ah, yes, that. A common form of currency used on the world is things called precursor orbs. Oh yeah, I remember, yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, primary form of currency in the game setting next to eco. Yeah, it looks like eggs. Okay, so a Fraser Explorer, would they have to engage in some kind of, of barter first in order to get their hands on some of these? Or do they have to like knock somebody over the head in an alley and steal some? I mean, how do you get started? This is probably, probably some type of barter. Probably yeah. some type of barter. Trade, just, yeah, we have this, okay. Oh, you have the okay, currency. It's... What would you want in return for that? You right. buy this off us. You, yeah. you buy this off us, this blah. Uh, five five red orbs and yeah so right so what okay so what kind of stuff you know uh, uh, that the fringe worthy explorers are carrying could they trade for something like that could it be the standard here we have precious metal you know like gold or silver or something like that or you know uh, titanium or you know platinum. What, what, you know, or, or would they, if you, they had something like, um, I don't know, uh, toys, you know, computer games, uh, you know, handhelds, things like that. Could that be uh, traded for, you know, would that be valuable to them? Because hmm. I personally think that a handheld game with a decent screen, you know, and... Uh, you know, a rechar solar recharger, you know, with, like, a major game that takes, you know, 200 hours to fulfill might actually be worth something to somebody. Well, let's see. Um, They're easily carried. 90 orbs being equivalent in value to one power cell. Right. So, depending on the power cell of the game, well, solar-powered, you know, video game that you could play, yeah, if it had that, that photovoltaic cell in it, yeah, you know, you'd probably get 90 to 100 orbs for it, and they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, you yeah. know. Right, and that would get you started for other things. And it would have to be something that they would find reasonable and, like, it's like, oh, we have precious metal. We can make mm -hmm. diamonds. Yeah, that's not... The, they would yeah. right. It would probably be more unique things, like you said, the, the solar powered video game, game that you have to get immersed the in. Solar powered yeah. handheld device, what have you. Like. Uh, precursor orbs are usually scattered around the world's environment. However, special types of precursor orbs have a tendency to carry a green yellow sheen could be awarded by doing excitement. Okay, yeah. So, but usually they're red orange, orange red sheen, uncommon to most of the gold colored precursor metal artifacts. And there's. There's other ones that are considered to have higher value, probably due to the rarity of that type. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, but, but again, I mean, what what do you think would be good trade goods for the to mount, uh, for the fringe world explorers to carry, to get started on this world? Well, if they were, if they determined on, they look around the world and see that it's a PL7, yeah, tech issues wouldn't be, you know, tech items would be like, they'd, okay, they probably already have solar power and they already have, you know, yeah, ooh, that's a good question. Right, we're not giving them technologies in that sense. I was thinking about intellectual property, things like, you know, movies, things like, you know, uh, uh, books on, what well, they can't read, so probably, you know, but like uh, video games and stuff like that where they could play stuff that 
um, you know, something that's new to them. The yeah. Something that's new to them. They haven't seen it before. Even if it's, even if it's in some ways in primitive tech, you know, the fact that it's actually playing it, you know, I'm saying would be of interest to somebody as a at least a cure. As, as, as an entertainment, a curiosity. Yeah. Right. Conversation piece, yeah. You might, you might get, like you said, you might get 90 to 100 orbs for this solar-powered handheld device that's used for entertainment. Yeah, okay. All right. It might end up sold to, sold to a kid later. But, yeah, What what what's the term but, that they would use for it? A tchotchke. Yeah. Yeah, um, but something like that would probably be good on this type of world. Yeah, it might be similar tech to what they have because the, the solar-powered thing. But yeah. it's and, probably something the content yeah. is something they probably don't have. Yeah, okay. okay. Right, and I'm also reminded of some anime I've seen where there's some place and they need to get together some money quickly and they open up a restaurant or, you know, a, a, a food stand or something, and they sell some food item that these people have never heard of before, like chocolate, or, you know, maybe ice cream, or maybe, um, you know, zingers. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the scene in the <clears throat> movie that we dare not mention, the the, the, Go on. the the chocolate bar that the All-Father tries, and Daniel, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I'm saying is that, you know, there's... There's got to be things that you know, be, you know, especially if it's based upon a plant that may not exist on this world. It might be something amazing to them. You know, do they know what root beer tastes like? Yeah, do they yeah, you know, like would, licorice? It would do have they, to be. They'd have to yeah. dig through their stuff and yeah, hot peppers. Yeah, or that could it's start a, a it's war. A, it's a would... food substance and it's a weapon. Yeah, right. Yeah, hot peppers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you start talking about millions of Schofield units, yeah. you're talking weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina Reapers, Ghost Peppers, you know, Scorpion, yeah. That yeah, sort yeah. of thing is like, you would get, you, you could probably get the more curious people interested in that because, oh, this is like having, they, they would probably compare that to... Why does the, this feel like I've just swallowed Blue Eco? Yeah. <laughs> why does it, why does it feel like I have why does it feel like I'm about to about to shoot yellow eco out of my mouth right exactly yeah I just swallowed blue or yellow eco and it, why, why does it feel like I just swallowed yellow eco and, and I wanna, you know, I'm not burning from the inside because of it right yeah and and just yeah, it, yeah it, I think I think at that point it wouldn't be so much the amuse a savage cat they'd be digging through their packs to find just something yeah right and it would be more luck than anything it would be yeah. role playing it out and just oh, Honestly, oh wait a minute. as far as this all goes uh, that'd be up to how you run the campaign I mean of course you could just you know knock somebody out and you know mug them but I mean I did really you know they don't tend to yeah, do they, they, that. They, they, no. I don't get that vibe from them. Yeah, that but... that's not part of the charter, you know. Yeah. Uh, because they're supposed to be extend, you know, extending that we are a peaceful people. Yes, we will fight to defend ourselves, but we're not going to go and, you know, mug the local populace for currency. No. And speaking of which... Speaking of, for yourself. speaking of fighting <laughs> to defend themselves, the people of Spagus are not the only humans that inhabit the wasteland. Okay, what other ones? There is also the, a group known as the Marauders. Okay, let, let's look at them real quick because, yeah. 
Now that we got the opportunity to uh, mention that bit. Yeah, r- real quick, yeah, because a group of savage humans who originate from the Icelands but roam the desert wasteland near Spargus, presenting a threat nuisance to the city. Uh, excuse me, also, Spargus' arena death as gladiators. Oh no, you could have them as brigands. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sword wielding, axe gun wielding. Yeah, they're. Uh, cue Mad Max, folks, basically. Basically, actually. Yeah, yeah. Basically, if you look at the vehicles they use to cross the wasteland, cue up Mad Max yeah, so that would be that could be a beginning because you appear in the wastelands. That's you, you leave that a, city, and all of a sudden you're out there in the wasteland, and all of a sudden you're hearing you know like several vehicles coming, and here come all these Mad Max like brigands, barbarians coming at you with swords and axe guns and whatnot. Yeah, yeah that would be a good beginning level encounter to show that not everything on this not world is, is as is enlightened. It's going to be very right, friendly. right, 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 right. Uh, bear skin humans, savage combat stands. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, well, as I remember, Jackson Daxter, there was a lot of combat that went on. Yeah. Yeah. Jack two and three were way more combat focused than Precursor Legacy, and even more so with three because you got thrown into that arena. Yeah, they did say that these these marauders were used as yeah. Marauders are a fairly weak opponent that rely on numbers and their buggies to fight enemies. Yeah. Swords to deal with mean hits. Shoots like a rifle later on. Yeah. Yeah. Popcorn. In numbers, they could be a nuisance, but generally, yeah, an the, IDET the, team could just blow them down. The term is popcorn. Right, yeah. So there you go. There's your scale. Introduce some marauders. Later, you end up dealing with um, the metalheads. And if you really want to get a little kicky with the, and you're stuck on this world, let's say it's a time transfer portal you throw at them. Okay, down the line, you've been there a while, and oh, crap, we found this, this corpse with dark eco-colored armor and... Yeah. Right. Yeah. And hint that there, you know, well, it's like I tell people, there's always a bigger fish in the pond. Right. Yeah. The Marauders would be a good introduction to not everything on this world is going to be friendly. Right. Maybe we should find somewhere that is. Yeah. But yeah, it just, and, 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 and I did, yeah, as I said, they would just, yeah, they got the swords and they got, you know, axe guns and all that. I did are usually coming in with automatic weaponry. Right. Automatic pistols, assault mm-hmm. rifles, bullpup. Yeah. Maybe energy weapons, depending on after they get everything charged and ready to go. Because remember, they got that solar-powered uh, generator recharge unit right. that in 10 minutes, everything's recharged. Right. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Trying to see if there's anything else that we can really cover before we put a bow on this puppy. I'm not thinking of anything. I mean, we basically find out what I like that would want from this world and what they could give them. Have we... Can't, why don't you summarize what is awesome about this world? All right. And, oh, yeah, this so. property so that our, our players can say, you know, so they can help pitch it to their... Our, our GMs can help pitch it to our players. Okay, so basically we are the aforementioned putting the aforementioned bow on it. All right. right. Jack and Daxter is, as we've said, a venerable franchise with massive opportunities for role play in a fringe-worthy game. You have technological wonders that you can introduce to your players. You have a myriad of variously powered antagonists to throw at them. You have a possible link to the Termelern and the early Commonwealth through the Otzel. Otzel or Otzels? Otzels. Otzels, so S for plural. Thank you. You have a wide variety of lore that you could go through as well as an expansive timeline where you could place where you enter it and scale the game from there. So yes, it only took it only took Pixie and I five years to get this on, 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 the, on the site, but yes, we did. Um, hey, uh, stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Get busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I.e. popping out a human being. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Professor, I want to thank you for coming back for this. We, we finally got this out of our system. I am very happy to be back doing this. <laughs> oh, good. Know, today has been a long day, but I think I needed to you got some spoons back. do this. You got and... some spoons back. Yeah, I think it's the term. Well, it wasn't that I had lost any spoons. It's just I did not get much sleep last okay. night, so it's just uh, been We're going to do a mini plug session here real quick. What is it that you are doing regularly these days, well, besides being a mom? Well, uh, besides that... Because that is just altogether a full-time job. Oh myself. yes, yes, but it's very boring. Yes. So, what else are you but doing? I am... yes, but but it doesn't keep it, it doesn't keep you alive. Yeah. No, it does. Well, <laughs> it does, but it, 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 yes and no, and and yes. Yeah. Mostly yes. Okay, but, but you have something regular going yes, on now. Yes, I stream on Twitch regularly. I actually have two things that are scheduled. During the week, and those are on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Okay, so it's Wednesdays, two to five p.m. Eastern. Yes, two to five p.m. Eastern. And, and Thursdays. Th Thursdays is five to seven p.m. Eastern. And this is so. This would be Twitch.tv/slash/ProfessorPixie. Yes. So yes, the, the, well, I, I got her the laptop, and you know, what, a couple years ago now, and they said, "What are you trying to use this for?" And I just looked at the guy at Best Buy and said, "To become the next Twitch sensation." She's on her way. So right. I just got to get a few more pieces of equipment. I've yeah. already identified good stuff to get. But here's the thing: two to five Wednesdays. I can pick her up after work, and she can come back and do the occasional podcast episode, depending on, you know, what it is that right. she's needed for, yeah. Those are my scheduled streaming days and times. But I you do will other do other stuff throughout the week as well. Follow her site on Twitch for more information to keep up right. on what she's doing. As far as adding Fringeworthy to Jack and Daxter, take these ideas and run them. Remember, all of these adding Fringeworthy to everything we've done now for the past 13 years or so are all thought experiments. Take them and run with them. Oh, absolutely. Run, yeah. I would very much like to see how you all, how you all add this to your own world and, and expand it from there. Okay, so what we would do is have, upon your doing this, contact us via fans of the Gaming on the Frontier podcast on Facebook, Fringeworthy RPG fans on Facebook, TritechSystems.podbean.com from which you get this podcast, iTunes, leave a comment. Um, uh, heck, leave a comment if so on, uh, you have comments that you can read on your Twitch site. I'm not familiar um, with Twitch. Could they contact well, you and say, yeah, I know that podcast you did. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you pop in to my Twitch chat after seeing this, go ahead and tell me what you think. Okay, yeah, because she's not on Facebook that much, and she, you know, she's on Twitter also as Professor Pixie, but you're not really on. I don't really post on there, but I am going to be using it more heavily. I'm getting certain things all connected. I'm on Twitter and YouTube as Professor Pixie. Okay. So you can leave. So YouTube, so you Twitch, and Twitter, she's on as Professor Pixie. You can contact her there and let her know about how this worked out. Right. The other venues that we've mentioned, um, Bruce and I are both on Facebook. You can contact us. I mean, we're not that hard to find, him and I. So, yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter as Trav13369. Twitch is forthcoming. I'm still working on that. But, yeah, those various venues and forms of social media contact us and let us know what you've done with this and how you went your direction and you may have uncovered something that we didn't deal with there may have been something that even pixie missed and 
just after oh, she smacks her forehead, you'll realize, it, of course. Oh, if there's something I've missed that you would like to know my thoughts on, absolutely. Yeah, contact her via Twitch, YouTube, or Twitter. Right. Okay, that having been said, we hope that you enjoy this thought experiment we threw at you. Lord knows it was five years in the making. Yeah. So, we will have more for you next time, but until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.